0: welcome once again to the irish nfl show uh, for this our thursday night football preview i'm mark cockrell and joined as always by my good friend brian lt o'leary brian good day to you sir
1: good day mark and uh, we really are getting to the really intriguing part of the season week 15 a lot of playoff games on the line this weekend and also the first weekend quite some time that no team is on a bye week essentially the bye weeks are over we're gonna have every team playing for the remainder of the season, and we've got three games on Saturday to whet the appetite for a big slate of games on Sunday. And obviously, we're here to discuss a big one on Thursday night NFC West Niners going into Seattle with the division on the
0: line. Yeah, that's true, Brian. Like, I can't wait to unwrap our Christmas presents, but it's like an advent calendar. We get a little treat every step along the way. Tonight will certainly be a treat, as you say. The 49ers going in at 9 and 4, if they win, they secure the division. For themselves but there are playoff implications everywhere you look in this game the Niners are the hottest team in the NFL on a six-week winning a six-game winning streak they are only one game behind the Vikings and have the conference tiebreaker so if the Vikings slip up the Niners may have sights even on that second seed and giving themselves a better obviously home field advantage potentially for the divisional rounds of the playoffs so it could be one of their considerations and yet the Seahawks themselves, Brian, of course, are not out of the playoff running. That, that special little tie against the Commanders, just keeping the Giants above them in that seventh seed at the moment. But they've still got dreams uh, and aspirations, of course, to being in the dance come the off uh, postseason.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge weekend in terms of the wildcard race as well. We touched on division? And obviously the second seed in terms of the Vikings at a 49ers. But yeah, there's a lot on the line this weekend. Obviously, the Giants play the commanders having played each other two weeks ago. You discussed the tie there, which is keeping the Giants in the seventh seed. And you've got the Seahawks, who've regressed slightly over the past few weeks. I mean, they had a difficult wet game last week against the Rams, which would have everybody would expect it would have been a comfortable win. Didn't materialise that way. Big one tonight. They go to Kansas City next week. They've I mean they've got some tough games coming up. They really need to get this game. Over the line and one in terms of making sure they're in a position to to make the playoffs, whether it's a six seed or seven seed, but they've got a really it's a really tough ask against, as you said, one of the hot teams of football right now in the San Francisco 49ers.
0: And uh, Brian, there's a lot of press, there's a lot of talk about the 49ers, but maybe let's just stay on the Seahawks for a minute because obviously they've. They've had a bit of a downturn. They, they started this season surprising everybody. Looked like they're going to prove your 13-win theory correct uh, in relation to I know you only said nine, but we'll keep adding on a win each week. Um, but at, at the end, they've gone through a bit of a rough patch. And that rough patch is directly correlated with issues and challenges on their run game. Kenneth Walker, that super impressive rookie, leads all rookies with nine touchdowns. 447 yards, a 4.7 yard average on the season so far. So, second in yards for rookies as well. Uh, he was out injured for a couple of weeks. They haven't gone over 70 yards rushing in three of the last four weeks, but he's due back tonight. And that can only surely help alleviate some of the increased focus we've definitely seen on Geno Smith and that passing game in, in recent weeks. When they had a better balance, it was clearly a better offensive performance.
1: Yeah, it's no coincidence that the, the struggles over the past few weeks have coincided with Kenneth Walker's injury. He got he got, injury, got injured sorry, in the game against the Rams early on and they relied on Dallas, the running back, who wasn't very effective. He got injured. Then last week in the, in the home game against the Panthers and they relied on Homer to step in. As you touched on, the numbers are reflecting a team that can't run the ball right now, so it will be a huge plus. Do you see Kenneth Walker coming back, going up against the number one defence in the league? You look at all the stats across the board. It's consistent. It's the 49ers and DiMarco D- Ryan's uh, defence. They've done so well this season, which has put them in a position to win many games. So it's a real task, despite getting Kenneth Walker back. They're going to need big players from Lockett, Metcalf. They're going to have to get a more balanced offence. We saw last week they got away from the run game early, maybe because they were down 70-0 against the Panthers at home, and they relied on Geno Smith to beat them. And whilst Geno's had a great season, if you put him in a one-dimensional situation, he does find himself struggling at times. and a number of interceptions last week it'll be interesting to see how balanced this offense can be tonight against the 49ers in particular if they find themselves down early with a 49ers offense which is playing quite well as well at the moment
0: yes and you touch on that 49ers defense there are a myriad of stats we could call out about how impressive they've been i think even the one that just sums it up though is neatly is during their win streak they haven't allowed a team to get more than 16 points at the end of the day It's about putting points on the board, and they haven't allowed others to do that. Um, But Brian, you talk about the 49ers' offense, and that's an intriguing part of this battle tonight. The Seattle run defense, I don't want to say is imploded, but it's been shocking the last few weeks. I think in the last four weeks, they've allowed 150 yards rushing to every team they've gone up against. And yes, they face some pretty decent run offenses, but like... This is the 49ers, along with the Ravens, thinking of Mike Shanahan's scheme uh, that obviously Kyle now runs in many respects in terms of that very impressive uh, running attack. I mean, this is not the team you want to go against when you're having problems um, on your run defense, on your run fit. Uh, One of their key defensive tackles is questionable for the game and has obviously missed uh, all of uh, practice this week. I mean... Yeah, Brian. I mean, surely the warning klaxon is uh, sounding on this one.
1: You would, you would have to think so. This this all kicked off in Munich, to be honest. And I saw it firsthand that day, how effective the Bucks were in running the ball against Seattle against that Seattle defense. They went on the boy, they came back. They played against the Raiders uh, team, which allowed and they allowed Josh Jacobs about three hundred and three yards and three touchdowns up on them. And it's continued. We saw it again last week with the Panthers, they how effective they were with the three. They three. A kind of a, a running back by committee the three strong running backs and they ran all over them essentially went up and down the field throughout the game and won the game in the trenches and the panthers dominated essentially on that game and even for example that last drive it was six minutes to go and they went 70 yards in rushing put the game away mccaffrey you know he's a standout guy he was traded from the panthers i would imagine the 49ers will lean on him heavily to run against as you say a weak right now a weak defense that's regressed and with the exception maybe of the guys in the secondary, the rookies such as Warren and Bryant and other players that have stepped in, there has been the stronger part recently. This defensive line has been a struggle for, for the Seahawks and it would be interesting to see how they can adapt to playing against McCaffrey this evening.
0: And it's always more than McCaffrey. I mean, funnily enough, Jeff Wilson still leads the 49ers on the season in rushing. Of course, they shipped him off to Miami before the trade deadline. Elijah Mitchell's on injured reserve. Debo Samuel, as we know, is out for the next three to four weeks, maybe a little bit longer with that ankle injury, at least it is an injury, you know, a season ending. Um, and Jordan Mason, actually a little rookie, popped up and given them some strong performances the last couple of weeks, averaging over five yards. So he's someone to look forward to. It's very much a case of next man up. And each and every man seems to be thriving um, in, in relation to the opportunities that they're given. And that very strong, of course, offensive line that powers a lot for them. Um Brian, I don't want to be dismissive in relation to this because the Seahawks are seven and six, but unless, you know, Brock Purdy isn't fit to go or makes a, a lot of very bad mistakes and rookie mistakes and turns the all over, what's the pathway really for Seattle to win this game? And considering they're on a downturn, 4 are an upswing, we talked about the disparity on the, the, the run offenses and defenses. Um, where's their hope uh, in terms of taking this and, and driving this... Uh, division
1: right down to the wire hopefully i think the key for me is how Brock party deals with playing his first nfl game on the road like he, he stepped in two weeks ago and jimmy g got injured at home, and that was followed up by a home game against the Bucks. and for a large part of last week's game the game essentially was over in the second quarter so he was in a position and he's true fairness, he played really well he threw three explosive touchdowns he, he's in a position. he's got players that can Really do a lot with the ball, despite the Debo Samuel injury. You've got players such as Kittle and Brandon E. That when they get the ball, you know, there's the yards after catch factor. There, they're, they're really explosive. And then obviously McCaffrey, not only in the run game but on the perimeter in terms of taking screen passes, he's really effective as a runner as much. You know, in terms of taking receptions, I would look for a balanced offense early on for him. Bearing in mind how difficult it can be to go into Seattle, we we always speak about the 12th man and how aggressive the crowd will be, and it will be a big factor tonight. It'd be interesting to see how we. How he reacts. That's the concern for me. For, you know, Blackport, he's been questionable all week. He got banged up in the game. We saw some hits on him last weekend. So he is going to play, but it'll be interesting to see how healthy he is. I would imagine that they will do everything to kind of play down the offensive um, game plan as much as possible and to not put him in a position, toward and, long and plays like that, that way he would find difficult with that crowd, you know, and the, and the noise factor that comes with that.
0: And it's notable obviously the last four games the 49ers won by double digits including their evisceration of the buccaneers last week and the fascinating thing about that is on the show a few weeks ago when the uh, jimmy garoppolo injury occurred there was a bit of speculation obviously in the media about baker mayfield and i think we all agreed as well well they're clearly going to bring someone in because they're not going to just rely upon josh ja- josh johnson to back up brock Purdy. And as we saw in the Buccaneers game, when they benched um, Purdy because the game was well in control, they did in fact bring on Josh Johnson. So if for whatever reason, Purdy isn't good to go tonight or gets an injury or aggravates that injury further, it does look, they will not rely upon the uh, the journeyman who probably never properly fulfilled his time. I remember second and third year in Tampa Bay, he he looked the real deal and looked like he was going to be a breakout star. And uh has very much bounced around different teams around the league the last couple of years uh, as a backup, um, Brian. I mean, that probably feeds into what you're alluding to as some of your concern, if Purdy isn't fully fit to go and or, you know, reacts badly to that 12th-man ap- atmosphere at Lumen Field. I mean, it is something special that Seattle brings. Yeah, just on
1: the Josh Johnson fact, I think it's Colin called out on the main chart last week. He may have been with seven or eight teams at this stage in the league. But one thing that... Kyle Shanahan and the 49 has been consistent with over the past two weeks, even prior to the fact that Brock Purdy was essentially given the opportunity to be the number one quarterback. He knows this offence quite well. He's been around this offence over the course of his career at a number of teams in terms of that type of offence Kyle Shanahan wants to play. They are comfortable in the sense that if it wasn't Brock Purdy, they believe he could step in and play well. He played reasonably well in some games last year, a quarter game when he played for the Jets on a Thursday night against the Colts. The game was a bit of a blowout. He came in early for Mike White and played well. It wouldn't be against the rounds possibly he could come in and step in and play well. it would be a big ass in this game, in particular, bearing in mind the significance of the game for both teams. I don't think the 49ers would run the risk of bringing in a quarterback on the Brock Porter situation. Bearing in mind, I don't think they'd be willing to risk it if he was concerned around injuries, but the fact that he hasn't played that much of an NFL experience, not only forced us road game, but the fact that he's injured, I think if he's playing, they're comfortable enough that he can handle the game from a health perspective.
0: And there is still hope that Jimmy G might get back on the field at some point, which, you know, we'll wait to see in relations with, they've certainly got plenty of people on injury that They're hoping they might get back before the end of the season. Um, Brian, it feels inevitable that because we're talking about the Seahawks, we have to allude to someone who I would give my vote to come back player of the year this year. Um, he has certainly made his next couple of years in the NFL, a lot more lucrative and, um, viable with this play this year but Geno Smith has surprised shut up um shocked a lot of people and again Pete Carroll and John Schneider look like the smartest guys in the room but on Gino in particular how impressed have you been about this season and would you agree with that comeback player call
1: um, I think he's right up there but I think the sort of players that in the end will will get it more so because I think maybe the way the Seahawks season will play it might not be to yeah, the level of how, of how they were playing earlier on in the season, he's been fantastic this season. He's been a breath of fresh air, and I kind of recognises what they what they taught when they made the trade last year to move Russell Wilson off, you know, and, the, and then obviously they had this open uh, open position in terms of who's going to win the quarterback role between himself and Drew Lock. But like, where I can understand why people didn't want Geno Smith to be the quarterback. It's not like he's been putting up tape over the past five or six years to prove himself worthy of being the number one quarterback. But what sometimes what you see indoors is not what's reflective of what people think on the outside and and that's what's come to pass to see ox knew what that this guy was comfortable with the With the offense. He was comfortable with the players around him. He does have some similarities in terms of his play to what we what they got from Russell Wilson the offense in which they run is Adaptable to his skill set. He's he can run with the ball, you know he, In many ways he has the same attributes as Russell Wilson obviously Russell Wilson over the course of his career has been on a better, you know a better upward trajectory, but he stepped in he's done well and what I've said earlier on is that the difficulty over the last few weeks is with, with, with his unsettled run game, he's essentially have to win the games on his own. He did it two weeks ago in LA against the Rams. He wasn't able to do it last week because bear in mind they, they did come back. It was 2014 and a half time in that game against the Panthers. Yeah. They were in a position to go and win the game in the second half. Panthers maintained a strong offence and won the game. So again, tonight against that defense, if the run game doesn't work, Gina, it's going to be put on Gino to win the game. And as well as he's played a season, that's where I think they ultimately will
0: struggle. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. They need that balance. Kenneth Walker coming back. Is it going to be enough of a spark? We will see. Before we get to the picks, Brian, just a quick reminder for everybody. You know, it's a great West Coast game. If you're ever thinking about taking a West Coast trip and checking out a couple of NFL games over there, uh, you should check out our partners at Cassidy Travel, who can help design your perfect NFL trip. Equally, for anyone looking for the full breakdown of all the saturday and sunday games to come we just wait for the show later on uh this evening uh before thursday night football uh where cali Bri- brian and colin will bring you through all of the the fun and games and as we say playoff permutations to come that being said brian let's get to the the nub of the crux of it all 49ers or seahawks who are you going for
1: I think this game will be a lot closer than people will think. Um, the Patriot in week two, it was a blowout, and everybody at that stage said, oh, that this is what we're going to see from the Seahawks team. You know, People didn't get caught up too much in their win on week one against the Broncos. They got blown out week two. Everybody said, that's what we're going to see when they come against stronger teams. They're going to lose. That hasn't materialised over the course of the season. They're seven and six. They're in the playoff hunt. I think this game, I've been back and forth in this game all week. Um, the block party injury thing concerned me, but I, as, I, as I said there, if he's playing i believe the 49ers know they're comfortable he can go out and adapt and deal with the situation and right now you're asking which defense in particular would i trust more we're seeing one defense that is regressing throughout the course of the season can't stop the run and if we're against another defense that is the best in the league right now if not the best over the course of the season and i think this 49ers defense will find ways to shut down the seahawks offense and put the 49ers in position where Brock Fordy can essentially game manage the game let McCaffrey do his thing, get Kittle and Ajak involved, and I think the 49ers will, fight, will win this game. I wouldn't say contrary but I think they'll touch down 10-point kind of game with the 49ers winning the and securing the division.
0: Yeah, I, I worry a little bit that for the 49ers that the Seahawks can almost zone in on Christian McCaffrey as that number one, number two, and possibly number three threat. And if you stop off production to him, then you're forcing Purdy to go to other targets and maybe lengthening his time in the pocket. And the injury is something to behold. But I still maintain that defense. I mean, if anybody's going to win you a game 2-0 n- with a, a safety being the defining factor, I think it's going to be um, that 49ers defense this year. Um, only... Um, uh, sorry, only two touchdowns against... Or there are only two sets of points against it in a second half since uh, week seven, uh, haven't conceded more than 16 points. And whilst we rightly call out the, the four, you know, the Seattle offense has been fluctuating at the moment. I just can't see them keeping up with that defense. Albeit will be there at home and albeit will be at the twelfth man factor. So I like you, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I have to go with uh, the 49ers. And Brian, we've got columns pick on this one as well. So is it the traditional curse being applied?
1: The curse has been... Um... The course has been applied again. Yeah, Colm is obviously uh, aligned with us in terms of our selection here. He's also picking the 49ers. So, all three of us picking the 49ers. And again, last weekend, the dreaded course uh, struck again on a number of games. So, uh, let's hope it doesn't kick off the week 15, which is a big weekend for many a team looking to make the playoffs.
0: Absolutely, only a few weeks left now, and it's all getting uh, to, as uh, Brian's uh, mentor and God once said, Sir Alex Ferguson, squeaky bum time. So we're definitely getting to that stage of the season in the NFL. Um, Brian, great, I was always to chat some football with you, as I said at the start, uh, as I said earlier on, catch the show tonight, full show with Calais Colin and Brian for the rundown of all the Saturday and Sunday games in what is going to prove to be a fascinating and pivotal week in the NFL. Aren't they all? They always are and everything. But for now, Brian, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Mark. And everybody enjoy Thursday Night Football.